Hi, I'm the Ish Girl, and you're listening to Episode 3 of Connection, Not Perfection. Welcome to Connection, Not Perfection, the podcast that helps parents and teens connect using literature, laughter, and love. Hi there, I'm your host, Amy, also known as the Ish Girl, and I'm so glad that you've joined me today. Today, our episode is called The Subtle Art of Not Telling Your Teen What to Read. And I chose that title because a question that I get quite a bit is, what should my teen read or what should I tell my teen to read? And my answer to that is don't don't tell them what to read because telling your teen what to read will not create a bridge or make a connection or deepen your relationship with them. Your ideal would be to aspire to get them to tell you what to read because when you figure out what they're reading and you join them there, you can do all those things that I just mentioned. You can create bridges, you can make a connection, or you can deepen your relationship. Because there is wisdom in learning how to create a connection with your teen, whether it's through reading with them or some other activity or just discussions or whatever, and in learning how to create space for your teen. There's an art in knowing when to engage with them and when to give them room. And I have to admit, I am not always a great dance partner quite frequently I cling when I need to hold on gently or even release them and really these teen years for me if you're like me um, it's a struggle because they're years of transition because my teens kind of go back and forth sometimes between wanting to be an adult and also wanting to still be a child sometimes and I get it Um, I had those same unpredictable feelings when I was a teen I remember it very clearly it's part of the reason that I decided to teach middle school so I get all those back and forth feelings but it's hard as a parent right learning how and when to um, give space or to lean in is a challenge Part of that challenge is making the transition from when they're younger to when they're teens as far as monitoring their input. So when my kids were young, my husband and I, we monitored their movies, their TV, their time with friends, their music. And my husband and I made those decisions based on our value system. And as Christ followers, we evaluated those things based on their maturity level and the content of the material. And as we looked at things, we tried to ask good questions. So um, those would be questions like, are our children equipped to handle these issues? Is this going to hinder or help us equip them to handle an issue in the future? Or is it something that's kind of neutral and isn't hindering or helping either way? Does this particular type of media, the show or, or this book or whatever, does it portray behaviors that are outside our values in a way that kind of makes light of them or um, highlights them and holds them up versus in a way that provokes good discussion, things like bullying or disrespect, smoking, drinking, things like that as they were younger. We, we really looked at that. And then also we looked at, do they reinforce the behaviors 
inside our value system? Is it promoting kindness and inclusion and leadership and friendship and, and all those kind of good things? Now that our kids are teenagers, we have loosened the reins considerably because for us, now is the time for our teens to transition into living out their own values and beliefs. And we just hope that we have equipped them to make wise choices. And as they make their own choices, we're still here to coach them along the way and to act as a consultant and as they kind of navigate that shift of responsibility. And we do step in when they're headed off course sometimes. And part of being able to do that is staying informed. And that means reading reviews and doing research and actually looking at the material or the book or the, and watching the movie or that kind of thing before they do and trying to stay on top of things like that. Now, please know when I talk about being prepared that a lot of times we really miss the mark and we do not get it right. I can think of two examples right off the bat. The first one, um, when my kids were much younger, we let them watch The Goonies and I shouldn't say let them watch the Goonies. I should probably say forced them to watch the Goonies because in my family, when I was a kid, that was our family movie. We still talk about it and watch it. And it's just part of our family culture. I let my children watch it when they were too young to really be able to appreciate it. And they still talk about how traumatic it was and how scary it was for the ages that they were when they watched it. So in that situation, I was ready for them to watch something they were not ready to to watch it. Fast forward a few years, and some of you will be familiar with the show um, 13 Reasons Why, which is still on Netflix, I believe. I think it came out last year, and it is based on a young adult novel. And number one, I had not read the book. And number two, I had not done my due diligence. And my uh, my youngest was 13 at the time and really wanted to watch it. And so I said, sure, you know, let's watch it together. And I'm grateful that we watched it together. I'm grateful that we went through that experience together because as we watched it, I was to be honest, a little bit horrified that I was watching it with my 13-year-old, but we got through enough of it that it would have been really unfair of me to not, you know, let her finish it and continue it. It would have been very frustrating for her, and so we finished watching it, and we had a lot of good discussions about it. What I realized from that experience was I wasn't ready for her to watch it. But she was ready to watch it. And so we did. And I'm, I'm glad that I was a part of that journey with her. But if I had known what I know now, would I have let her watch it? I don't know. I might have made her wait a little bit longer till she was a little bit older and um, had a little bit more maturity. So... There you have it. Definitely not perfect in trying to, to walk through all of this, but our goal, our ideal is to be prepared and informed. Now, there are times that we say no, and again, that would be because the book or the movie or um, whatever media we're looking at um, really flippantly handles serious issues. And I would say that rather than a no, a lot of times what we give is a not yet. And generally that's because we feel like our teens coping or maturity levels just aren't there yet. And we have that discussion. It's not just a not yet and that's the end of it. We talk about, you know, there are things in the book or the things in the show that just are a little bit beyond what we're ready for you to process right now. And when you get a little bit older and you have a few more skills to be able to process it, then, you know, we'll let you watch that there. And we let you watch that then. And we do really try to work to be faithful about revisiting those requests when their maturity levels are 
are there. Now, I will say that a big reason that we try to avoid out-and-out no's is because we try to avoid censoring. And here's why. As one of my dear friends aptly put it, the words don't do are often translated in the teenage mind as must do. I think a lot of us, myself included, find the forbidden mysterious and therefore attractive and I know this because I was that teen. Like if somebody forbade me from something, curiosity ate at me until nine times out of 10, I would read or watch or do whatever was being prohibited. And my parents can attest to that, I'm sure. In fact, I was actually talking to my mom about last week's episode about The Thousandth Floor by Catherine McGee. And I think she was very surprised at how many issues were within the book, like sex and drinking and drugs and that kind of thing. And we had a really good conversation about that because while I'm not necessarily going to recommend that book or books like it to my 14 year old, I do know that those books exist. And especially within our culture that is highly sexualized and there are all kinds of things out there. I know without a doubt that my daughter will be reading those kinds of books. My son will be reading those kinds of books that deal with sex and drug use and alcohol use and unhealthy friendship and identity and all those kinds of things. And for me, I value and prefer to know what they're reading and watching and listening to and the games they're playing over pretending that they're not doing it or just hoping that they're not being exposed to those things. Because having, again, been a middle school teacher, that's not reality, that's not truth. These are things that they are facing and absorbing and seeing and being exposed to pretty much on a daily basis. And so, again, my preference would be to have that on the table and uh, something that we discuss. And quite honestly, um, when material does include those things and whether it does or doesn't match up with their maturity level or our family, family values, we talk and process together a lot, probably more than they're comfortable with. But as we walk through those things together, I feel like we're inching closer and closer to them internalizing their own values and belief. And I get to have a ringside seat for it, a front row seat, if you will. Um, and, and I get to be a part of that. And that deepens our relationship. Now, I want to go back to something I mentioned earlier, and that is you're not telling your team what to read. You are joining them in what they're reading. And you may be wondering, how in the world do I figure out what those books are? Obviously, the first choice would be to just ask. But you may have a teen who is contrary or less than willing to share. And in that case, you might have to do some subtle investigating. And that might look like one of the following things. You might just need to pay attention to what they're reading. Just, you know, watch discreetly, I would say, just kind of try to observe what they're reading, uh, whether it's for school or whatever. Um, you could figure out what they're reading for school by um, looking on your teen's school website or looking back at any material that the teacher's shared with parents, that kind of thing, and 
Once you figured that out, you could read that along with them as well. You might find out if the movie that they love that they've seen two or three times started out as a book and read that. The other thing you could do is research the different best books lists and awards that are out there and read the ones that you think your teen might like. I've tried to make that super easy for you this week because my freebie is a compilation of links that will take you to several best young adult books lists and awards. Um, And one of those includes my favorites that I've shared with you, my top 10 favorites. So um, all you need to do is go to the show notes and I have those, I have that resource there for you to pick up. So hopefully it will be easy for you to um, check out those lists and pick out something that you'd like to read that you think your teen might be interested in as well. And the dream there would be that they see you reading that book and they ask about it and you can maybe casually recommend that book kind of in the same way that you would recommend a book to a friend or a colleague or you could use reverse psychology and go that route and tell your teen oh no you probably wouldn't like this very much that kind of thing so that um, you maybe entice them to read it and if that doesn't work if direct suggestions don't work if they don't happen to ask you about it um, you can leave that book lying around in conspicuous places around the house now Obviously, your teen will probably clue into what's going on, but it might produce a conversation or it might be something that kind of piques their interest. Just as long as you're not dictating or telling your teen what to read, because again, that will not create those bridges. If they feel like they're forced, if they feel like they don't have a choice, it's probably not going to do for you what you want it to do. And I'm also going to give you a couple of warnings here. Even if you're, you are reading in the same books as your teen, if, if this works out where either they share what they're reading and you read it or you are able to kind of subliminally suggest books to them or, or that kind of thing, um, I say that tongue in cheek, but it might not generate huge life altering discussions at first because as you well know, teens do not operate like vending machines you might get a different result every single time. And that's okay. And also the next warning would be that when you do have these conversations, because I believe if you keep at this, you will be having these conversations. There are going to be times when you're not going to like the same books and that's okay. And even great, I would say, because that really does spark some interesting in-depth conversations when you don't agree about a book and you are able to do it respectfully and in a fun kind of debating discussion kind of way. Now, this actually is something that happened with me with um, the book that I reviewed last week. I was actually telling a friend about it, and she and I um, kind of went back and forth about it a little bit. She picked it up, tried to read it, and hated it. She did not enjoy it at all. But we were able to talk about it and have that discussion, and and I think that's a good lesson, too, is that um, with your teen, that if you dis- disagree about something, it doesn't mean that you're not friends. It doesn't mean that you can't talk about it. It just means that you have different tastes and and you like different things and and I think that that's a really good lesson to learn. The trick here is to keep at it because even if your teen doesn't um, react or engage with you the, the first few times that you try to do this, the point is that you are showing up consistently that you're interested and available that and this is a big one that you're undaunted by any rejection that they throw your way. You're letting your teen know that you value them and you want to know who they are and what they think, no matter how they're acting. Because with all that's going on in their brains and in their bodies and in their lives, 
chances are they're definitely going to be throwing some rejection your way. And it's our job as parents to stay steady and to lean in and to love them through those moments where sometimes if you're like me, you just kind of want to wring their necks. And those feelings are okay too. We all have them. And especially with our teens, because a lot of times they know how to push our buttons and we know how to push theirs. But again, leaning in, staying steady, being consistent and undaunted by that rejection. The hope is that they will at some point join in the dialogue because the bottom line is that reading alongside your teen is one of your most effective connection tools. It gives them an opportunity to lead and have control over their choices, and it can boost their confidence when they realize that you have the respect for those choices they're making. And for you, it gives you insight into who they're becoming. And going back to that whole control over their choices thing, I actually read an article this past week one of the school counselors sent it out kind of in a, in a big email and it's an article from Scientific American and the whole article is about the research that they've done around how kids develop confidence and life skills when they feel like they have some measure of control over their own lives and conversely they can develop depression and other issues and problems when they feel like they don't have any control over their lives at all. And I thought that was really interesting. And I um, have included that in the show notes. You can check out that article. So I hope that you are encouraged to try to figure out and investigate what your teens are reading right now and to read alongside them. And if you do want some book ideas, again, I do have that freebie. It's on my website. You can find it at theishgirl.com. That's T-H-E-I-S-H. G-I-R-L.com. And if you click on um, the blog page, you can find the most recent episode and the show notes there. You can also visit my Pinterest page, which is pinterest.com um, forward slash the ish girl forward slash. And there I have several pins that focus on best books for young adults and some other resources there that you might be interested in. And speaking of best books, I hope that you will join me for my next episode when I will be reviewing and um, kind of giving highlighting the issues in Madeline Lingle's A Wrinkle in Time. Um, at the recording of this episode, the new movie with Oprah and several other stars is going to be released in a couple of weeks. And so I'm going to review the book before the movie comes out go see the movie and then talk about the differences between the book and the movie in an episode after that. So I am super excited. This literally is my very favorite book from childhood, A Wrinkle in Time. And I am so, so excited about um, getting to talk about it next week and to get to see the movie and to kind of do that comparison for you guys. As always, I am just so excited that you were able to hang with me today. And until next time, remember from an ish girl who still considers Meg Murray to be one of her very best friends. It's all about connection, not perfection.